You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Justice is served. Featuring the week's roundup and commentary on legal news. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Justice is served. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Black Hollywood Live. Justice is served. We bring you the latest in legal news and entertainment. I am your host, Rawa Gebra-Ab, and I am so excited to be joined by a special guest co-host and two special guests today. My special guest co-host, Kevin John, who co-hosts Black Hollywood Live's Black Sports Weekly uh, show, and our two guests, author Brian Johnson and Brandy Fowler. Um entertainment reporter Brandy Fowler um, and author Brian Johnson uh, for a sports-themed episode today uh, in the spirit of the ESPYs, which took place here in Los Angeles this week. Um, Kevin, you were at the ESPYs. How were they? They were absolutely incredible. <laughs> I mean, absolutely incredible. It was it was great to be in there. I also had the privilege of doing uh, some red carpets leading up to the ESPY events. So. Who'd you interview? Just, oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see. Uh, Warren Moon... Colin Kaepernick, ooh. by the way, is, did you say ooh? I did. Oh, I did. Yes. I did. Exactly. You know what's funny? <laughs> when I was interviewing, so many people were talking about how much me and him look alike, you know, so I, which you may not agree with, <laughs> but um, at any rate, you know, I um, just, you know, a lot of people, let's see, Lolo Jones, um, you know, Julius Thomas, I mean, you name like oh, that pretty much great. every prolific athlete out there, so mm-hmm. I was so blessed, so happy, and just, uh, just thrilled to be there. Okay. Even though I think best team should have went to the San Antonio Spurs, all right? Oh. The Seahawks got it. I'm, you know, and maybe it's because I'm a 49er fan, which is the division rival of the Seahawks, but the Spurs should have got that. The Spurs were robbed. <laughs> well, I'm, robbed. Glad, I'm glad to hear you had a good time and that it went really well. Um, I would really like for you guys to share just a little bit about yourselves with our audience. If you could actually, Kevin, why don't you start, then Brandy and Brian will go with you. Sure. All right. Yeah. Um, so I'm Kevin John, as, as she said, and... Um, I am uh, from Stockton, California, uh, a, a little city that you, if you don't know about, you don't want to Google it because you'll find out <laughs> some things you don't want to know about it. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm out here by way of Atlanta. I uh, work as a teacher, and uh, when I'm not that, I, I work as a host. And I don't know exactly what else I should say or what they should know from me. Um, I just don't, I, you know, I always feel so weird, like, blabbering on about myself and my resume and things yeah. of that sort. So. I'm thinking, I think I'm just going to stop there and say that I'm, <laughs> I'm blessed to be here and happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited really. to have you here, Kevin. Brandy, tell the folks something about you. I actually hate this part, too. It like, makes me nervous when I talk about myself. But <laughs> I'm Brandy Fowler, and I've been working in entertainment and lifestyle news for about, goodness, like eight years now. And I'm from Atlanta originally. And I'm going to stop, too. Because this <laughs> is making me nervous. Yeah, right? I hate that. <laughs> Eight years, does that mean you're a senior citizen? Excuse right me. I mean, I know you I said 14. small when it comes to, you know, where you're from, but I'm really from a small place. It's called Skipperville, Alabama, population about 600. 
So wow. yeah, yeah, that was yeah. like the amount of people in my freshman class in high school. Exactly. Wow. Okay, so you do that to me. <laughs> six hundred cows, six hundred people. Uh, I six, don't. Well, inc- including <laughs> the cows. Yeah, including <laughs> the cows. So no, I'm out here. Uh, I'm an author working on my new book that's coming out, and mm-hmm. I'm just glad that you invited me to be here. I'm so excited. I feel like I'm channeling my inner Stephen A. Smith today. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like it. And You'd what, be a little more angrier if you're Stephen A. Smith. No, and don't louder. do my boy like that. Don't do my boy, <laughs> right? Like well, I, again, I'm so happy to have you guys here. We have a lot to talk about today. So let's uh, go ahead and jump on in with our case of the week. Um, case of the week, former Minnesota Vikings punter Chris Clue plans to sue the Vikings over an investigation regarding anti-gay allegations. So on Tuesday, former, uh, like I said, Minnesota Vikings punter Chris Clue and his attorney held this press conference, got a lot of attention, asserting that um, Clue was planning to sue the Vikings over his release from the team last year and uh, in hopes of getting the team to publicly release the findings of an investigation into his claims that the special teams coordinator for the Vikings, I believe his name is Mike Prefer. Is that how you pronounce it? Mike Prefer? Okay, here goes Chris right there up on the screen. Um, made a series of homophobic statements uh, during the 2012 season. Um, team released Clue in May of 2013, and um, he alleges that it's because of his outspoken stance. He's a straight guy, but he has a very um, strong opinion on the rights of, uh, of the LGBT community. He's a very big supporter, and um, he, including sex, uh, same-sex marriage. And basically all the information that was included in uh, Clue's January 2nd Deadspin article, which I don't know if you guys read, but he laid out all of his allegations in an article then that was really widely publicized. Uh, so this conference is called, this media conference is called by his attorney. They're both standing there. Um, and it's because allegedly the attorney, Clue's attorney, receives word that, uh, okay, we're not releasing any findings of any investigation, you know, from the Vikings. So um, the attorney strongly suggested, like, okay, we're going to drop this if they release it. So there's, it appears that they're in settlement negotiations right now. But later in the day, the Vikings, because of this big news, were like, okay, well, we're going to have a meeting with them on Thursday. So, you know, let's just slow your roll. No lawsuits need to be filed. We'll, right. you know, we'll be good un- until then. And um, and uh, apparently in, these in-, in the investigation findings, the special teams coordinator who I spoke of earlier admitted to saying some of the, I'll say, unsavory comments that he uh, was alleged to have said. So they're working on possibly settling this um, settling this right now and reports are that part of the settlement would require the Vikings to donate at least like a million dollars, million dollars around there to uh, charities that support gay, lesbian, uh, bisexual and transgender causes. So um, we have some interesting talking points on this <laughs> issue. Um, first, you know, Kevin, I'm going to start with you, you know, our resident, uh, our resident sports guy. Um <laughs> Chris Clue, from what I understand, was released. He didn't have the best stats. You know, I don't know what that necessarily means in terms of football players. But I'm assuming he wasn't doing as great as he could have been doing. I mean, is this just an issue of a guy who's bitter, embittered about, like, not being, uh, for being released? Or do you think he really has some valid concerns here? Well, let's, 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 get, about money? Straight, let's get straight to the point, first of all. Mm-hmm. His productivity drastically declined in 2012, his last year with the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. All right? He averaged 45 yards a punt, which was 22nd in the NFL, which means he was on the bottom 25% of punters. Mm-hmm. And when you have other guys, younger guys with stronger legs coming in, they are going to compete for him. Mm-hmm. So first of all, his stats were uh, uh, declining. Second of all, he uh, uh, tore his meniscus. So he wasn't even healthy. He mm-hmm. was not the healthiest point in order to uh, compete at a high level. So first things first, 
he was dismissed from the team purely on his poor athletic play and the fact that his performance had dropped drastically and the fact that there was other competing people coming in. Mm-hmm. This whole thing right here, in my eyes, has nothing to do with the fact that he was released. I mean, yes, there's a lot of things that, you know, they talk a lot about, you know, um, how do... Uh, I guess, how does the acceptance of homosexuality and sports, particularly the NFL mix, and not to go off subject, but speaking Mm -hmm. of the ESPYs, one of the finest moments there was when Michael Sam, and Michael Sam is the first openly gay NFL player, was given the Arthur Ashe Courage Award, and he went on to talk about being a gay football player in the NFL and how it still is not as accepted. So I understand Chris's standpoint on where he's coming from on the fact that maybe um, because of his outspoken views that... uh, you know, uh, inspired some, I guess, opposition or adversity towards him. But he was cut not only because he looks like a Backstreet Boy, but um, also because he um, uh, kind of does. I I can see him like as a lead singer. Anyways, um, no, the the reason he was cut was just because of his poor play. And to even further that up, he tried to um, walk on to the Seahawks, I believe, or um, maybe not Seahawks, another team the following year and didn't make the team as well due to his poor athletic play. So, Ah, man, I don't know if I agree. What say you two? Um, Excuse me. I would say, I mean, based on what you're saying, that it, it seems like he got cut because he was not a good player. Mm-hmm. And that this is now kind of trying to bring more attention to him, maybe. But um, you know what? He doesn't He doesn't want money for himself. And if they release, um, well, according to his attorney, if they release the findings of this, this investigation, um, he claims that, you know what, I'm going to drop the case. So could it be about ego? Could it, I mean, is it uh, money? All of the above? Is it really just about, okay, I'm upset that I was cut? Or is it, you know, like, do I want to... Maybe he really is a champion Mm -hmm. for this cause and he wants to bring more light to it. And this is his way of doing it by bringing more media attention to himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, with him being a straight guy, I mean, I I definitely concur with uh, Kevin and Brandy. I mean, the fact that this is a very sensitive issue at the time. I mean, Michael Sam having very historic uh, perspectives and um, everything. I just... (sighs) It's one of those situations you kind of have to play on the fine line because you really don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes with the situation. So, Mm -hmm. to me, the Vikings could have gotten rid of him because of that as well because you don't want this luring over your organization as a whole because Mm -hmm. with the issue being so topical right now, I don't know if that's one of the things that you want to, you know, kind of be associated with. I'd, I'd be curious to to know what you guys all think, and you know, Kevin, we can start with you again if you don't mind. Like, do you think an NFL player should be kicked out or kicked out of a team or harassed or based on his opinions or you know if they I, differ from his bosses? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because it happens in the in real life. I mean, all, Kevin, all, all it, it depends on what the, what the opinion is, though, right? It, it does. Well, if it's okay, if you look at something True. like Richie Incognito who was a player for the Dolphins this past season, and he was ultimately kicked off the team because he he was very vocal on mm-hmm. bullying. He was uh, racist. I guess he um, had defamed one of his teammates, um, and, you know, to, to a, a poor extent, right. one of his teammates didn't want to show up to the locker room. So because he was cancerous to the locker room because of his opinions and views, they ultimately did release him. Mm-hmm. So I completely understand, um, kind of like how Brian said, if an issue like this is starting to become, um, you know, a distraction where it's affecting the... T- uh, the play on the field. Yes, of course. But at the end of the day, you know, um, NFL coaches, front offices, they uh, draft players and, um, you know, acquire players based on what they can do on the field. Right. And that's you ultimately want to win games. But like you said, 
if you're, the off, if your antics are, 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 you know, look at Terrell Owens, you know, one of the most um, gifted wide receivers of all time, but he's been kicked off of every team that he's been to because of the fact mm-hmm. that he's just a walking firecracker. Mm-hmm. So um, I do understand how it can go both ways, and you don't want the, uh, the, the you don't want those distractions to disturb the team camaraderie and um, you know the way they play on the field. Oh, I thought you were about to say something. No, I was just going to keep it simple. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, statistics are real. Mm-hmm. I mean, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. We can keep it right there. I mean, that's just the truth. Boom. I mean, that's Boom. it right there, right, Kevin? Yes. You know what, though? I think that, okay, Brandy, has, do you think that because of this issue, like, if, if he hadn't even raised this issue, he hadn't been in the news because of this, I mean, I wouldn't know who he is. I wouldn't either. Um, I would just be like, okay, another NFL player released. That sucks. Okay, you know, he's going to move on with his life. But do you think because of because of this that he's been blackballed from the NFL. Well, if he was already sorry mm-hmm. as a football player, does it really even matter <laughs> if he was blackballed? But I feel like people make, don't they make comebacks? You're the sports guy. Uh, yeah. You're a sports guy. They, they, you're a sports girl. But, but I mean, it, dep- it, dep- it depends on what the comeback is. That's right. That you're coming back from. Exactly. Right. You know, you, 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 you can't you, come back from a torn meniscus? No. You can. I think, um, was it Adrian or... You, there, there has been athletes, but it all depends. You know, Peyton right. Manning was out a year with a neck injury, and they said he would never play again. We saw what he did last year. Right. God Almighty. So, oh, it's Peyton you know, Manning. So. I, that is true. <laughs> Peyton Manning is like half God. So, I mean, I guess that's understandable. <laughs> but, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I think really depending on the severity of the case uh, can determine whether or not they can bounce back. Um, but like Brandy just said... You know, his his stats, his productivity was diminishing, and I guess, quote-unquote, he's sorry. So, you know, <laughs> because of that, I don't see him yeah. bouncing back. I mean, he may play in the CFL or arena football, but not the NFL. I see, I see. Because this is a, such a new issue to sports as a whole, mm-hmm. I mean, no organization wants to take on, you know, this right now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that every organization has to be careful about because you don't want to take this this media scrutiny along with you with this player and then he's already not a good player. It'd be different if he was a really good player. Right. But he's not. Uh, mm. yeah. yeah. I uh, I, <laughs> I I'm very curious to hear your thoughts and I think we'll wrap it up after this and move on um about this investigation like the this investigation report. Now let's just say whatever's in there is really really damaging to the Vikings. They don't want it to get out. It gets out. Um I mean does this affect does this affect them at all? And, um, I mean, they have a very dedicated fan base like most football NFL teams do. I mean, other than really bad PR, can they get past it? They can get past it. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, ladies first. Okay. (laughs) I was going to say, I think they can get past it, Mm -hmm. but they're going to have to issue a statement or they're going to have to have some good PR behind them. And I think it will get out to the media if they don't keep it in that, um, the um, the mediation thing that they want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just completely feel that this is something that you want to keep under wraps. This is not something that you want to escalate into the public eye that big because, you know, like I said, it's just a new issue. It's something that we're dealing with in sports. And, Hmm. you know, traditionally this is a masculine culture. And you just want to, you know, going into training camp, Minnesota Vikings, you know, Leslie uh, Frazier, he's on the, the brink of maybe being out in Minnesota. You know, they're building a new arena. It's just so much going on. This is not something that you want to kind of trump. Uh, what all is going on as it relates to training camp and to the organization? 
I think the best way for the Vikings to back uh, to bounce back from this is to start winning again. All right, <laughs> they need to start winning, taking control of that NFC. I mean, I, I think that's the best way. I, you're always forgiven in professional sports when you win. All right, people will forget what happened. That is the truth. If that you win, all right, and yeah. if you bring ultimately, so I think they just need to get back to playing football, doing what they do. They got some really good um, draft picks and off, and offseason acquisitions. I think. They can be a top contender, uh-huh. but that's the only way they're going to get through. Because otherwise, if they continue losing, this is going to continue to be the story of the Minnesota Vikings. You only have the best running back in the game, right? They do. Well, he, that is true. But Adrian is also getting old, and he's diminishing. You know, I mean, when you're a running back, you only have about that four five. to five year window yeah. where you're at the top of the game. But I still agree, Adrian's top three easily in but the league. Adrian came back from a torn meniscus. ACL. Actually, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he did. He, he, and he came back, did. and he came back better. He came back better, but this guy didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has some. Yeah. He has some really interesting arguments. I'm going to see how this plays out. I'm an employment attorney by trade, so um, he's claim he's straight, and he's claiming that um, that one of the causes of action would possibly be sexual orientation discrimination. He's straight, so it's not necessarily him, but him hearing and being offended by comments about um, about the gay and lesbian community. So um, that's a pretty novel concept. And um, if the lawsuit does move forward, I'll be really interested to see what arguments are made. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to settle this because the Vikings definitely don't want uh, yeah. more of this bad publicity. But yeah. we'll go ahead and we'll move on to our on-the-docket rapid-fire <laughs> um, discussion. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and start with Oscar Pistorius. And, oh, God, <laughs> when is this going to end? When is I know that... He looks so sad. Well, I mean, you know, when you're on trial for murder. Yeah. I mean, how else are you supposed to look? Exactly. Exactly. That's the the courtroom face because Chris Brown kind of looks like that. It is. There is a very specific OJ looked like that. He absolutely did. And there were a lot of those photos. Right? But so Oscar Pistorius, the famed Blade Runner from South Africa who was who's on trial right now for the murder of his girlfriend, is was involved in a very heated uh, verbal fight did not get physical. Uh, thank goodness. Well, for him, uh, with an angry man over the weekend, he was at a nightclub out in South Africa, uh, which is something we'll get into. Uh, <laughs> he was at because you know, the the verdict is coming back any day now. About uh, thirty days ago, uh, the judge ruled, or there was a psychiatric evaluation done of Pistorius and found that his uh, mental state did not have uh, an impact on the murder because his, his uh, attorney was going to try and claim some type of insanity defense. Um, but the nightclub confirmed that Oscar was there, uh, that Oscar Pistorius was at the club, and he was there with one of his cousins. And they sat in the VIP section. Apparently, they were just being quiet, minding their own business. When they were approached by, they were approached by an individual um, who, apparently, uh, according to uh, Pistorius's attorney, uh, decided to aggressively interrogate Pistorius on the matters relating to the trial. An argument ensued, and. Uh, it, Oscar left the club uh, shortly thereafter before it got even more escalated. Uh, and, uh, of course, in the statement, his attorney uh, said something to the effect of, my client regrets the decision to go to the club, you think? Like, you know, um, it was just it was a really bad idea, in my opinion. But um, he, he, he realizes that he brought himself a lot of unwelcome attention. And um, it just... It, so many questions and don't necessarily know where to start. Around that same time, uh, he started 
getting back on Twitter because he'd had a long silence on Twitter, uh, which you should do. You should just stay off social media when you're on trial for murder. And um, I mean, that's that's my perspective. You should and stay you know, out of the club. Yes, stay out of the club. And just, you know, just, you know, inspirational statements. So, you know, he's just he's making waves and when he really should just be staying quiet. Again, my opinion. OK, Brandy, why? Why would he be at the club? And I, was this a good idea? I wish I had the answer. Because really, why are you in the club yes. when you're on trial for murder? Yeah. Sir, if you need to be in the club, go home, turn on some music, invite mm-hmm. some friends over, and do it that way. Right. But you need to have a seat. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm not going to his Twitter page to get my inspiration in the morning. Mm-hmm. Stay off Twitter as well. You can go to Tyrese's doing? page for that. Or open my page. I know. You're right. You're right. I can't. But I mean, look at it like this, though. This guy may know that this may be his last day's seeing light ever. Right. That's a good point. So, I mean, at the end of the day, this may be his last time to go to the club. He may be looking at it from that perspective. Because <laughs> clearly he, he's guilty in all facets. I mean, they did the 30-day thing, and, you know, he's not insane. Um, so... This may be his last days. Yeah, it's not. It's not looking very good for him. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to have to piggyback off of what Brian said. Uh, you know, clearly, if you if you've been following this case, you, you, it's not at all looking bright for him. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you never know. You never know. But it's not looking bright for him. And I think he's just out trying to get one last hoorah in. You okay. know, he he knows he, he the only clubbing that he'll do behind bars is with uh, men and um, <laughs> in uncomfortable situations. So this is his last time to really enjoy. And we know that he has a um, a history of being a womanizer. You know, right. he loves the, the limelight, the women, and all that other stuff. And, you know, uh, potentially in a week or so, he may never get any of that again. So he's just trying to get it in one last time but still if you're yeah. it still doesn't make sense I mean that's my only justification for it I still think mm-hmm. him going to the club is the absolute worst like thing idea he could do and start a fight while you're in there or he didn't start it but still to engage in that right. while you're in there come on Oscar I know somebody, somebody, who, somebody who wants to see him locked up could have been could have paid somebody to say right. go start something exactly with no, you're right. just, yeah. so that's the risk that you take when you're out and about but you're on trial for murder Yeah. but I mean I, I kind of see both sides okay gentlemen I see your point about having one last hoorah before possibly <laughs> getting locked up however um, with regard to Twitter he has been noticeably and wisely silent for sometime the majority of this trial and you know he decides to break his silence I mean he's not you know being crazy on there I understand posting inspirational messages but uh I mean, it's just to veer off the sports theme briefly. Apollo, we reported on this last week. Apollo Nida, husband of Real Housewife of Atlanta, Phaedra Parks, was just um, convicted and uh, sentenced to eight years in prison. And he hopped on Twitter very shortly after and said something to the effect of, oh, so, like, who's going to ride with me? Who's no going to be here with me? And he got dragged and roasted. <laughs> like, I have, like, I haven't seen that much dragging roasting since, well, since... Robin Thicke's Ask Thick on uh, on Twitter, but that's a whole other discussion for another day. Wow. I know, I know. Wow. I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't seen somebody get dragged like that for a long time. And so he gets back on Twitter, almost really combative. Like, really? Does anybody have anything positive to say? So, um, what are your thoughts on uh, the mixing of Twitter, social media, and um, you know, like if you're on trial or even you know, any type of legal uh, dispute involving you know your life? Calculate, Kevin. Kevin. Get it. <laughs> no, I, I, gosh, now I feel even like I'm going to say something very profound and thought provoking right now. Even if, it's, I mean, right. if it was something fairly innocuous, you know, but, I mean, does it depend on what you say? Should you just stay off? 
period. I, I think if you are on trial uh-huh. for anything, specifically murder, right. <laughs> all right, anything you say or do on social media can right. be used against you. Yes, absolutely. I don't care if you're up there quoting biblical scriptures, all right? <laughs> they can still somehow, which believe me, I'm, I'm an advocate for, but at, at some point in time, you know, they that can be twisted. Just stay away, mm-hmm. you know, stay away. Don't give anybody any reason to say anything uh, or anything that may incriminate you or make right. you look worse than you are stay away oscar you can watch movies you can do all kinds of things just stay oh sorry i didn't oh, no, you're you. fine um <laughs> just stay away I, I i i personally feel it's the worst worst thing that you can do because people are looking for something you know uh looking for you to drop or say something that's controversial or whatever that may be able to sway the case one way or another just just stay finally away. we're fully in agreement here well, would, you, yeah. <laughs> would you say this was something that his publicist did though no you think it was him? I, th- and yeah, his I think I think it absolutely was him trying mm-hmm. to provide some inspiration to someone. I don't know. Not as, me. A, as an entertainment reporter, though, Brandy, can you tell generally when there are publicist tweets versus? Yeah. Uh, you can tell. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's not really. I don't think this is a publicist tweet. No. <laughs> so this was an emotional tweet. I think so. Yeah. 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 You know, people get it. Yeah, people get pretty deep so on there when they're going. Are you saying that there's actually people that tweet for stars <gasps> instead of stars? Yes. I've been deceived. <laughs> Bieber, this whole time I've been following you. I thought that was um, you. I think Bieber Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I think Beyonce tweets. You were saying. No, I think, I mean, that's the thing with social media. You know, everybody, social media gives people a voice. Right. And everybody doesn't need a voice. Mm-hmm. And there are times to have mm-hmm. a voice and there are times not to have a voice. Well. And this particular issue, instance, I mean, he shouldn't have had a voice. Come on. This isn't your time, Oscar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Come on. Pretty much. Oh, Kevin's trying to go to church. That's hilarious. Take it I, in, right? I mean, Take it in. Okay, let's move on to our next. First Timothy says. <laughs> let's move on well. to our next subject. Donald Sterling, who I am frankly sick of talking about, but he just keeps making news. He is just everywhere. Um, his trial, uh, he and his wife's trial regarding uh, the sale of the Clippers is a, it's a bench trial, meaning it's just going before a judge, not before a jury. And uh, it's uh, there's a temporary break right now that we're returning to court next week, um, but. Um, he took the stand two days in a row last week at the trial. Here's a courtroom sketch of uh, Sterling being uh, being questioned. And um, he proclaims that he would, quote, never, ever, ever sell this team. And he would sue the NBA until, quote, the day he dies or the day I die, uh, end quote. Uh, the trial is basically to decide whether his wife, Shelly, was within her rights to sell the team uh, and to negotiate a sale of the team to former Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer. Uh, he testified Sterling that she has no rights whatsoever. She may be a trustee, but she has no stock, no authority to make a sale. Um, He said, I'm not a racist. I love all people. But I was the poster boy. So again, he's (laughs) playing the victim and um, he... His, his testimony really crossed over into insults toward his wife and his wife's in- attorney. Um, he, he claimed that his wife deceived him. He trusted her. I believed her. I never thought a woman wouldn't stand by her husband. He called her, um, all types of names. When she finished, when she finished testifying, they're testifying on the same days, he, she got off the stand to approach him. I don't know why. I mean, it's her husband of almost 50 years. He said, stay away from me, you pig. So, I mean, just in full, I mean, he's, not even conscious of this is almost this is worse than when Michael Jackson, the late Michael Jackson, God rest his soul, showed up to court in pajamas. In pajamas. In pajamas. I thought that was bad, but I mean, uh, the courtroom is full. It, I mean, and he's going to be back on the on the stand sometime soon. He's. I've said this before. I said this before we got on air. He is so draining. He is. Kevin, Kevin I feel like I don't it. even have to ask you a question. Yeah, Go for it. it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am. I am absolutely 
flabbergasted yeah. that Sterling is going to play the victim card. Exactly. Like, 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 you know, everyone's coming down on him. Like, you know, he's innocent here. Yeah. Okay. First things first. He says he's, ra- he says he's not racist and loves all people, but yet he doesn't want you taking pictures with people of color. That is discrimination. Mm-hmm. That is prejudice. All right. So first things, I don't even know if he has any idea what's coming out of his mouth. Second, he doesn't. I don't think he does. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Clearly. He just, I mean, if, like you, I, I think Brady earlier talked about the interview with Anderson Cooper. Watching that was just, it's like a train wreck. Yeah. Know, just listening to him watch what he's saying. But anyway, second off, I think that Donald Sterling is just bad for the NBA, bad for professional sports. And if he, if there's any way that he is associated with the NBA when the season does start in uh, November of this year, it's, it's going to be bad. You're going to see a lot. I'm glad you said that. Well, but finish your sentence. I'm sorry. Okay. You're going to see a lot. <laughs> no, no. I'm just going to say you're going to see a lot of protests. Uh-huh. You're going to see even the Clippers players. You know, mm-hmm. even when they were going through the playoffs, there was talks about whether or not they would actually boycott the games. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they didn't because they want those checks. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But still, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I just think any association, not even with Donald Sterling, even if his wife has something to do with the team, anything Sterling is just bad for the NBA and and, and bad for that franchise. Well, to piggyback off of your point about Donald Sterling still being the owner when the NBA season starts. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the, the new commissioner, who I think has done an amazing job and we went to the same law school. Um, but, oh, wow. uh, nice yeah, point. so he, um, he, he was interviewed uh, recently. He said, you know what, there is a very, there's a chance that a slight legal loophole might make it difficult for Sterling to um, not be an owner. You know, he might still be there when the season starts and, oh, you know, this thing might be delayed, this whole sale. So if he's still there when um, when the season starts and as the season progresses, Brandy, Brian, I mean, how do you think the players, the supporters of the Clippers are going to react? Are they going to react or are they just going to let the process play out and just hope for the best? Because, I mean, we all know it's coming. It's ending. It's just a matter of when. I'm going to let you talk this because you've been tapping my foot over. I think she's <laughs> she's but see? Yeah. But when is it going to end? I also am. Like, my um, eyes have been watering this whole time because I knew this was coming. Let's talk about him. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm so tired of talking about him. But anyways, um, I think that's kind of tricky because right. I think when this first happened, I kind of expected the Clippers to take more action than they did and they kind of just, I think they put on they turned their jerseys around Inside or something, out, yeah. and that was about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really curious as to what's going to happen if he is still there. Because if we didn't see a big reaction from the fans when it was really new, mm-hmm. what's going to be now that it's kind of old and people may have forgotten or kind of gotten over it? I don't know. It's it's tricky. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, here's throat. You know, here, here's my, my, my thought on this. Um, $2 billion. Let's put that into perspective. Mm. $2 billion. The guy's a billionaire already, right? So it's really a, a, not about the money for him, clearly. Mm-hmm. But he's been banned. Everything has been taken away from Donald Sterling. He has nothing else to fight for. This is his way of fighting. And that's why he made a statement saying that he's going to take the NBA and drag them through courts because he's got the money to do it. So attorney fees, he's not worried about that. He's going to make money from the seller of the Clippers. But at the end of the day, this is all about money. Mm-hmm. And if Donald Sterling is still uh, somehow associated with the NBA when the season starts, players will not play and it's too much money involved for them not to try to expedite this case to get something done. So even though Adam Silver said there's some sort of loophole, mm-hmm. they don't want this to drag out, right. I mean, up until the season starts. And that's just you know my take on it. 
I 100% agree. And and that's one other thing I'm confused about. You know, when Adam Silva handed down the harsh punishment um, to uh, Sterling, uh, was that about two months ago? Mm-hmm. It, he came, he had a lifetime ban mm-hmm. of the NBA. That was one of them. So I was like, you know, how can this guy still technically have a lifetime ban but still have ownership and be able to control the franchise of the team. And I know there's a separation, I guess, between the NBA right. and him being a quote-unquote business owner of the team. But still, I mean, isn't that some sort of contradiction to the actual um, punishment handed down? It's definitely a contradiction. But uh, like you said, there's this separation. There's the NBA and then there's mm-hmm. the business, which mm-hmm. is handled with the, I think, the NBA Board of Governors. The um, mm-hmm. the owners all have mm-hmm. to vote. And in yeah. addition to that, there you know, there's the whole sale which was it's not only negotiated through attorneys but through the court system now because sterling is being so obtuse about the whole thing so uh it it definitely is contradictory and there is a lot of legal mumbo jumbo in there that will be reported on in days to come particularly if the sale does not go through but yeah the nba nba season is so long how long is it it's like eight eight, eight months nine months good god starts in october and ends in june we don't have much time it's july now and you know uh, we'll we'll definitely we'll see how this plays out um Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm very very curious, and um, I look forward to him going away, taking a nice vacation with all that money. And I mean, nobody like you know, his reputation is tarnished. Yes. Like he has to fight for something, and the guy's eighty something years old. And mm-hmm. and we've seen like historically, even with Joe Paterno, yeah. when something's taken away from you. I mean, mm-hmm. as you know, with Penn State and everything that went on oh, there, yeah. he died. Quickly. That's a good point. You know, yeah. so this guy, I mean, he's fighting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I mean, I don't wish nothing. God forbid, if something was to happen to him, but this is his like. He's eighty what eighty two eighty three years old. He diagnosed with uh, a form of cancer, cancer as well. Yeah, yeah. So. same thing with Joe Paterno. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he's fighting. This is his way of fighting and trying to to remain relevant because he has nothing else, and it's not about money. Uh, I, I like. I think he just needs to take his what is his net worth two bill three bill something like that. Yeah. I mean, one, one, lose one, count one, after yeah, that. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. I mean, and, and, and he's going to make some money from this the selling. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he sells the team. I mean, it's so with that money. He should go buy an island somewhere, <laughs> South Pacific, somewhere, and stay there, and just stay there, and just live and Enjoy be peaceful it. away from it, <laughs> you know, and, and just and, and just live the rest of his life there, happy. He yeah. can have as many Vistorio Viraganos. What was her name? Vivi Vistaviano. Vistaviano. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and have as many side pieces as he wants, and just live happily. All right. Not that I encourage that. But, <laughs> let me say that. Yeah. Oh man. Well, uh, yeah, we'll be watching and reporting on this. We'll go ahead and. Uh, uh, t- uh, close out on the docket with Darren Sharper. Man, mm. uh, the case mm. against former mm. NFL safety Darren Sharper. Mm. Ooh, this one. Mm. Ooh, this one hurts me. Is uh, is scheduled to move forward now in a California court on August eighth. Actually, they were uh, the hearing was scheduled to go forward this week on Wednesday, but then it was. Uh, continued until August 8th. So he, um, just in a nutshell, Sharper is charged with drugging and raping uh, several women, but this is related to the California case. Um, several women nationwide, but again, mm-hmm. with regard to the California case, he's charged with drugging and raping two women in L.A. Uh, last October, and there uh, is going to be this hearing that's to determine if there's sufficient evidence uh, for Sharper to stand trial. Um Things have been pretty quiet on this front. There was a really explosive article that was published um, by Sports Illustrated, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago, uh, just really going into detail about every allegation, every single woman, and there are several of them across the country, and what he is facing. Um, and it does not look good for him at all. Uh, if by some miracle, because in the court of public opinion, I would say he's guilty, mm-hmm. um, but if for some reason he is found innocent of all charges across several states. Brandy. <laughs> I 
know. What happens if he's found innocent? What happens to his career? I, I think his rep is kind of tarnished mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Whether he's if he's already guilty in the court of public right. opinion, mm-hmm. then I don't know. In terms of his career. I wouldn't be the one to speak on that. Honestly, I don't know. Well, well he's he's retired, first of all. He's, mm-hmm. he's been retired for some time. He's I mean, an he analyst, works, right? He works as an analyst, uh-huh. yeah, for um, for NFL Network. Mm-hmm. And actually, when he did, did play, he was one of the best uh, safeties, actually, there was. But unfortunately, it looks like there's going to be no safety for him in mm-hmm. the, uh, this court. Because if you look at the, the case itself, what he did, and it's not just, like you said, it's not just in L.A. It was New Orleans. Um, it was some other Florida, places. Florida. Arizona. It's like, what, what is this guy doing? Just going through drugging women and everything. And my question is, okay, you know, I, I'm a straight person, but he's not a bad-looking dude. Handsome dude. Multi-millionaire. If you need to get laid, I don't think you need to drug women to do it. I think that you can pretty much... I'm going to insert myself here right, very please, quickly. Please. Because, uh, you know, the, the issue with rape, I think, generally is that it's more of a thing of power, not necessarily of looks. So I think, you know, there's there are definitely, you know, other issues yeah, going absolutely. on here. But, you know, that's something that people have raised. Like, why does he need to do this? He doesn't need to do it. But I think uh, if he did it, but um, allegedly. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. Carry on. I'm sorry. I just wanted to no, no, in there and, real quick. No, and that is true. I mm-hmm. mean, that, that is a, a very true perspective. You know, who, who knows if he was empowering? I, I, who knows what his? Who knows what anybody's uh, mental state is behind doing Something such like a that. heinous crime like that? Yeah. You know. But, um, yeah, I mean, this this actually made me sick to my stomach just reading everything that he did. I mean, rape itself is obviously one of the worst crimes there is with murder. But and the fact that you're also drugging women in addition and just I I, I no, just it's, it's horrible. I have no words to describe, please. I mean, I, I guess the only way for me to lighten it up is I blame Trinidad James. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Papa Molly. I mean, was he putting Molly into their drinks or something? I don't know. I mean, you know, some a, type of drug. Some type of drug has been alleged. It, yeah, so, some yeah. type of drug. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean something. But I mean, like you said, I mean, this guy. Ladies love this guy. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a handsome brother. I mean, I, I feel bad for him and his career. I mean, um, his legacy has been tarnished, and this is not something that you can even even compare to like you know I, I don't mean to bring this up because this is my boy but Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. you know in his rape case this is completely different mm-hmm. yeah. so I mean this is several cases in several states it's not looking good for my dude and first things first you know you bring up the Kobe uh, incident you know you have to realize obviously as an athlete um, whether at former or current you're going to be a target for right. all kinds yeah. of things. You know, we just saw what happened with, uh, I brought up Kaepernick earlier and what happened with him about a month ago in that Miami hotel. So, you you know, you have to be wise, but I think the thing that makes it different for him, if it's the allegations are true, was that this was something that obviously he intentionally did right. to do. And, and, you know, whether or not these women's stories are false or not, I, I, it's very hard to believe that, uh, you know, several women in right. different states across the nation all have the same exact kind of story how things went on. I mean, it, it just smells of fish. Yeah. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. I think if it was just one woman... Exactly, like Kobe. Would, yeah, you know. people would maybe rally behind him. But yeah, there's so many women at this point. And it's a different situation than the Kobe situation, I think. Yeah. I think well, I'm on several fronts. Kobe didn't yeah. drug her. Yeah, yeah. And I Kobe. think it was consensual with... Well, uh, uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Favorite word, allegedly. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, again, this is a story that will continue to be following and will, of course, be widely reported on so i'm sure we're going to hear more uh from darren sharper in the months to come we're going to go ahead and wrap up today with uh with today's last story tipping the scales i got to get your guys opinion on this okay so um 
for the fifth time during this offseason, I hate to put mug shots up, but my God, <laughs> you know, a uh, Ravens player has been arrested. That's a headshot, though. That's not <laughs> a I know. Shot. I know. It's a, it's a pretty good one. It's like an eight for his agent or something. It's yeah. probably, you know, right up there after uh, the felon, Jeremy Meeks, the felon photo <laughs> that went viral. That. But um, By the way, Meeks is from Stockton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess it's fitting that yes. that felon is from there. But, yeah. <laughs> but this for the fifth, fifth time, a Ravens player has been arrested during this offseason, making the team the Baltimore Ravens football uh, for the non-sports people out there, uh, making the team the number one number one in most arrests during the offseason. Um, this latest arrest was Jimmy Smith, who was uh, taken into custody after, over the weekend after police say he didn't take orders. He wasn't combative. He wasn't in custody for long. It doesn't seem like it was a big case, but um, he was arrested after uh, police say he wouldn't obey their orders to leave a woman's room or he was supporting a sick woman, and he was kind of being combative and confronting him. He's probably, you know, helping somebody out. Um, and We don't know the details about this woman and what he was necessarily doing in the bathroom, but um, he was cursing at the cops and saying, oh, you're just trying to make an example out of me. You're just trying to get on the news. Um, and he, he was the latest arrest. Okay, so first, the off-season... Uh, first in the off season was Ray Rice, and we reported on that back in February oh, when he was caught on a surveillance camera dragging his fiance, now wife, he was unconscious, unconscious, yeah. out of an elevator like a rag doll. He was later charged with aggravated assault. A week later, Deontay Thompson, do you know what position he plays? I don't know. I was going to try and report on that, but he was uh, arrested for possession of marijuana. A month went by, and Ja Reed was slapped with misdemeanor battery charges. And then um, in May, rookie running back Lorenzo Taliaferro was charged with destruction of property and being drunk in public. So is this a... Is this a Ravens problem? Is this an NFL problem? What is this... Okay, let me start with that. Is this... (laughs) Five arrests in the offseason on a team. Football teams are not that big. Um... You, you mean big, like as far as players? And, uh, yeah, and t- yeah. And t- I mean, they have a pretty good. Uh, it's okay, a how many man roster? Mm-hmm. But okay, I'm not gonna try and get my math skills up here. But five out of fifty-two. That se- that seems like a lot. A high percentage of people to get to be. Does. Yeah, thank you. There you go. Yeah, see, there she goes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it just seems awful high. Does this say something specifically about? Actually, you know what? I'm gonna go to you, Brian. Does this say something specifically about the Ravens? Or yes, it does. I mean, mm-hmm. the Ravens are just coming off. You know, a couple of years ago, they won the Super Bowl, and you know, they just signed their quarterback. You know, to a multi-year extension and gave him a lot of money. You think the organization is trying to build something here? Mm-hmm. And when you have five players that are arrested within you know a six-month span, that doesn't. That's not good for your organization as a whole. Roger Goodell has to come out and do something publicly. Um, from the commissioner's perspective and their ownership. Like, they have to get together and do something as it relates to the Baltimore Ravens. This is not good at all. Maybe a powwow? <laughs> right? Yeah, but, you know, the thing I was going to say is that actually it, um, off uh, last year, the offseason, there was an unprecedented 40-something arrest in the NFL last season during the offseason because they were mm-hmm. talking about that's the most in the history. So when I look at this this season, I'm like, wow, they're just picking off this offseason where they left off at last season. And I think that the um, the team right now that's mm-hmm. celebrating is the Panthers because they held the distinction <laughs> last year of the most arrests in the offseason. So somewhere they're applauding the Ravens for taking that, uh, you know, taking the throne from them. But at the end of the day, not to make jokes out of it, it is unfortunate. Um, and you just wish that these guys would concentrate on football and know what they have in mind. And Goodell... He is a great commissioner, and but the unfortunate thing, he has so much stuff to worry about, you know, from the, the concussions and all these different rules that they're moving into and things of that sort. So, you know, he has his hands full, but I agree. He needs to step up. Well, uh, we will be watching to see if this um, 
continues on into the regular season, which would not be good. We're going to go ahead and wrap up. That's today's show. Thank you so much to my guests for joining me. Um, Before we we completely close out, I want everybody to go ahead and plug their social media um, uh, handles and just upcoming projects or anything real quick. Kevin, Brandy, and Brian will go. Uh, what's up, Kevin John? You can reach me on Instagram and Twitter at HeyKevinJohn or on my website, it's KevinJohn.com. Brandy. Again, I'm Brandy Fowler. You can reach me at Brandy Loren, B-R-A-N-D-I-L-A-R-E-N on Instagram or Twitter. I'm Brian Johnson. I can be reached at BJ the Dreamer on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, all of the, all of that. All right. Yeah, and all your book is coming out. Book is coming out in October. It's called Live Your Dreams Out Loud, Six Steps to Conquering Your Fears and Achieving Your Dreams. So please be on the lookout for that. Yes, yes. that is our show. Thank you guys again. Thank I'm you. Rawa. Thank I can you. be reached at, at Rawa. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Views expressed here are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals. Bye. Bye. <laughs>